Hello and welcome back to Evolve Music. On today's episode, I speak to the wonderful Super Tiny, formerly known as Mengel Moose. We speak about identity, breaking boundaries, some cool dance moves, and beer. Hello. Hiya. Hey. Hey. Oh my gosh, it's been like a whole year since I saw you guys last. It's been a while, hasn't it? How's it going? It's good. How are you guys? I'm good. I'm good. Apologies for the delay. The Wi-Fi was absolutely shocking, as you could probably tell by how long it took to connect then. <laughs> That's okay. I'm happy that you're, you're here. <laughs> so good. I feel like, I feel like, um, a lot of things in the year, but also not much. Maybe like the whole whole name change. Let's start there. Let's. So you're for um super tiny, formerly yeah. formerly known as Mangle Moose. Why? Why super tiny? James, I feel like you. It it's was... a, it's collaboration actually, wasn't it? It was kind of a collaborative effort. Well, well, ring light. Sorry, how... we've got lighting and everything. <laughs> it's um... fine. It's fine. Um. I think it came, it came from a beer glass, didn't it? Yes. Yeah, so it was basically we had a bit of a problem finding a name that we all agreed on. We have a problem finding anything we all agreed on. So. <laughs> yeah. And um, I was at a pub, very uncharacteristically of me, at the pub. <laughs> <laughs> he says drinking a Guinness. Is it Guinness? It is a Guinness, and it's actually this was taken from a pub around the corner. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was drinking a beer called, I think it was Tiny Rebel. Oh, it's, a, it's just a kind of craft lager brand. Yeah. I took a picture of it. I was like, oh, that's a great name for a band. And then I think Tegan was like, oh, it's a bit punk. And also we thought we'd obviously have some copyright issues and Google issues with Tiny Rebel already being established. Already we thought it wouldn't be the first thing that comes up on Google. So we, we so, went for, I think we'd already had some versions of Super something or like Wonder something. We couldn't quite... Pin something down. Pin something down. So I think it came from the beer brand, but then we were like, oh, yeah, that's super, super tiny. tiny. So we had a we had a couple of variations on that theme. But... Yeah, I don't know. I just like something about super. It's just like obviously there's lots of bands with super in the name, so it's kind of something quite familiar. You know, you've got super grass. I wanted um... super fly, but then the problem is because that's such a famous track by Curtis Mayfield <laughs> that it's like every time you type super fly into Spotify, exactly. we'll just come up with that track first. But you know, Superfly is funky, isn't it? But, Superfly was good, but so, again, copyright. Again, issues. copyright. So yeah, we went for we went for kind of super tiny, which is kind of a little bit of a homage to funk, but then also like not specifically in one genre because if you think of like supergrass or and a homage to beer super, as well, or, <laughs> homage to beer. <laughs> yeah, and um, you can write it in a funny way because you put super in capitals and then tiny in small letters. It's like it emphasizes how tiny, tiny, how tiny, is. tiny. And we also thought as well. <laughs> I thought it'd be hilarious when one of us died. <laughs> Excuse me. Do you sorry, to... sorry. I'm so sorry. So professional. <laughs> um, when one of us um dies of some kind of really rock and roll drug overdose, um, if it was James, for example, it would be um, we're really outside to an alcoholism. Uh, alcoholism, exactly. Wow. Too much Guinness. <laughs> we're really um um. On the news, it would be, we're so um, sad to announce that the super tiny keyboard player, James O'Donnell, is part of it. That's that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah, it makes you sound like pocket size, like, oh, this super tiny man. That's that's the smallest one in the band, actually. (laughs) I could be the tiny to the super tiny. Yeah, who is the is the tiniest? How tall are you? It's me. Uh, we can start stand up if you want. <laughs> I'm, I'm five foot six. Um, okay. James six two three three. 
Aww. <laughs> it's like a little family photo. I love it. <laughs> like a Victorian family photo. It's a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, yeah. It's it's interesting that um you you guys obviously like didn't um agree on like Mangle Moose and then there were some other band names I'm assuming were thrown into the mix even then didn't um approve of and then this uh name kind of landed and it was perfect because it kind of combined loads of elements of you guys as you said yeah. like, the funk element the the beer um it's the most important part really forget the funk it's all about the beer <laughs> um but i think i feel like uh yeah i mean even like the rebel part of it like the fact that although you know you're not like a punk or rock band you still defy convention and you're like unique in that way oh thanks i thought we do do like Confide, confide, convention. How many Guinnesses have you had? <laughs> this is only a second. It's only my second. I just can't oh. talk. Going steady. Going steady tonight. I am sober, so I'm not <laughs> complete crap, I promise. Oh, I said one word wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So you've said that, like, your the groove is going to stay the same, so it is literally just, like, the name changing. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of opted to go for um, a kind of... We're doing what we still do. We don't want to change it too much, you know, because we don't want to just... It, it is a bit different. It's slightly that, different the way, than that. Where we came from, we started off as... I think me and you started off with jazz, basically. Yeah. We started off on the quite experimental front, and if you have ever ventured as deep as our SoundCloud, you'll hear some of that really old stuff. I mean, like, we were talking about five that, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is, isn't it? Which is there's a, there's a whole mix of like Latin jazz, like that kind of stuff. And there's, yeah. a, there's some couple of softer tracks and there's a couple of heavier tracks. And I think we just had a chat and realized that whenever we play live or whenever we're doing a track, the ones that we really enjoy playing and what we always tend towards is something a bit heavier and a bit funkier. So it's sort of heavy funk. Heavy funk. Like... We're kind of just yeah, leaning into the grooves a bit more. Um, just because Especially this, I feel like, I mean, for me personally, you know, when we started out, I was writing all these very poetic lyrics and all these songs, very unconventional structures as, you know, kind of a way to be like, oh, I can do this. Like, look at me, I can show off. And no, I think... it's just, ooh, yeah, baby, ooh, ooh. Pretty much. <laughs> well, obviously, you kind of... Especially for me, when I was younger, anyway, I was like, I don't want to do that because that's rubbish, you know. It's just easy to do. Anyone can do it. But actually, over time, I've kind of realised that well, if everyone could do it, then everyone would be famous. And also there's a reason that like all of the big stars, all of the big pop stars and rock stars do kind of have like a certain sound for the first part of their career. That is like, you know, their sound, even though it's not entirely perhaps what, you know, the whole spectrum of what they'd want to do, you know, yeah. as an artist through their through their whole career. That's what album tracks are for. Yeah. I mean, like, big artists, you get some really back catalogue stuff that's not necessarily something anyone's really heard of and obviously you being a massive queen fan yeah so so many back catalog you know stuff queen tracks you just no one's really heard. but then you also have their, their quite big stuff yeah there. so i think we're kind of in that stage of like you know just make make the stuff that people will like and that we'll like playing you know um for now and then we can you know just go go awol in five years time if we get anywhere with it so I, yeah for me personally that's the yeah get a bit famous and then uh <laughs> And then you can do whatever you want. Yeah, someone, pretty much. Someone's got to pay the studio bills, you know. Pretty much. 
I mean, I feel like this, this might be a bit too deep for like eight o'clock on a Monday evening. Um, <laughs> you've got your Guinness, uh, so we're all okay. Um, but do you feel like you have to sacrifice like part of yourselves or like who you are as musicians in order to to be known? Like, as you said, like, although you're playing the music that you like, you have to sort of categorize yourself into something that people yeah. listen to. Was it Rick? Rick Lennox put it in a really good way, actually, because he um he's the head of Epic Studios in Norwich, which is quite a big um a big venue in Norwich. Carry on. Mind you about it, it was a door closing. Oh, hello. <laughs> um, yeah, so so Rick Lennox, really, really lovely guy, and he's we've done a couple of gigs with him. He's in Norwich, as Tiago said, and he financed one of our tracks, um, "Say Something," which was one of the last ones to come out. It was before Soda Vine, I think it was the sort of single before that. Yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, I really, really like your sound, but he was saying, you basically, you've got like what you want to play here, what everyone wants to hear. And you want to obviously get people away to what you want to play, but you have to sort of meet them in the middle a little mm -hmm. bit. And it's a really, really hard thing. And I think it's something mm -hmm. that musicians have been struggling with for, for decades and decades. And you know, it's since the beginning of time yeah. is you want to get notable for what you can play. Mm. But actually, you do have to you do have to accept that there is a middle ground, and I think it's something we're we're kind of finding is that I I really I don't know about you I personally really really enjoy playing some stuff that that might be seen as more commercial. Yeah, and actually, you find that you can get quite a lot in that, but it's more about knowing when to stop or where your boundaries are. Yeah, and that in itself is quite a big thing for a musician to understand because a lot of people don't, and a lot of people don't want to accept it, which is completely fair and understandable and everyone everyone does their own thing but it's 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 knowing it is and i think for me in terms of like musicality and you know perhaps not being able to do certain things that i would like to do that's kind of offset by the fact that when we go and do a gig everyone's absolutely having an absolutely lovely time because they can actually understand what's happening you know sometimes because we had gigs in the past when we first started out yeah i was like yeah this is awesome and like feeling really fulfilled and everyone's just like what is like, what are you on though so i think that's that's really nice and that's you know because we love gigging so much and we always have um and hopefully we always will you know oh, yeah. there's nothing um, better oh it's the best um so i think that to be able to gig forever would be my aim you know over being able to rewrite the course of music history um which obviously would be fantastic but i think it's a lot <laughs> more attainable to to gig forever than you know do that so and i really enjoy that live energy and things so if that means writing a bit simpler then i'm all for it yeah, i mean and it's not exactly it's not really like a sacrifice if you are still performing you are still doing what you love like as you said like in a few years you can then be a little bit more bolder and put like your, yourself out there and to be honest something that we kind of discussed with the name change because we were there, there were some people were being quite precious about certain things and you know by the end of it I think we kind of all just like agreed that as long as it's still the four of us and we're still being able to make music it doesn't matter what we end up being called because it's still you know the magic of it isn't the name it's us it's the chemistry between the four band members you know it's, um, it's what a lot of people don't see is when you have an image to portray to fans and things is that you think when you look at a band you think you know, using examples like you think, oh, that's Queen. Yeah. Or, you know, oh, that's you know, pick a pick another band that's more notable at the moment. You know, oh, that's the nineteen seventy five, mm. for example. 
that actually when they're in the studio playing together, they're not thinking, oh, this is a 1975 no. This is just us, <laughs> some guy playing some music or, yeah. you know, some, you know, whoever's in the band. And so you kind of, I haven't really thought about the name much other than no. like posting on Instagram, which I'm not allowed to do because I'm actually terrible at social media. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm whatever dyslexia is for social media. That's what I have, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, so it, it's it's interesting the other side of it because you really as soon as you've chosen the name it's like right brilliant and we have um, Tabby Kate who's also an artist yeah. in Brighton Tegan's girlfriend as well and um, she's doing social media for us so we have to think about it even less now <laughs> and so it's brilliant because you don't have to ever worry about branding no, no. you can just get in the studio and play for god knows how many hours Make some funky you know. tunes <laughs> it's like that whole thing of like um you don't judge a book by by its title, you know, you, you judge it by its story. So like the name, as much as it kind of, it it identifies you, the, the music speaks for you. Like the music is the most important element. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And it's the playing as well. I mean, the, the thing is, is that some, sometimes you start off and you're like, yeah, this is going to be a machine to make money or there's going to be a machine to, to make fame and things. But we kind of start, I mean, I know it's just the two of us and we started off with like, just be nice to play music with other people and it's kind of that is the thing so we have this thing where as long as we can have you know basically just enough money to to keep to keep going yeah, to keep playing <laughs> then it's then it will it kind of won't end so you hear about like bands breaking up and things because you can't spend every hour every day thinking about it but i mean god tiago's on the west end at the moment taken's down in brighton working Jake's up in Manchester working. I'm in London working. You know, mm. we've all got full time jobs, but actually, to have a Sunday like yesterday, yeah. we go down, take some photos, and have a rehearsal. Lovely. It's, it's, that, that's kind of what it's about. So, yeah. It's very nice. Worth it. So, was was it a few weeks ago or a month or two ago now that you guys were touring around Belgium or gigging in Belgium? We did a. <laughs> we did a. Uh, the the smallest tour ever we did a tour in a day so we managed to do two gigs in the space of a day which was i mean i was over there anyway because i was visiting my family but for the lads especially for jake it was very very so taxing our, our drummer is quite um he's a hardcore gigger he's a hardcore gigger he's yeah. he's so he's um recently won this award to go to brazil well, um, I don't know if you know who Dominic Miller is, guitarist for Phil Collins and Sting. Wow, so okay. Set up an, a, an award, um, basically to for for these young musicians, mm -hmm. and Jake ended up winning, which is unsurprising to us because we all know him as a as a musician. He's an incredible musician, mm -hmm. and, and so he's going to Brazil to learn with the best, you know, and and you know, getting all these voice notes from very very famous people and all that, and so everyone's re reaching these heady heights and and he's you know obviously doing all this stuff because everyone wants him to play and he'd done a gig in manchester it was a wedding it was a wedding gig actually and yeah. he finished whenever a wedding finishes like maybe midnight one 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 a.m yeah packed up his stuff drove all the way from manchester to stansted which is you know for geography fans that's a hell of a long way <laughs> <laughs> drove to stansted and then tegan and i had been in London and we'd had to get up at 1am we'd gone to bed at about 11 so we'd have barely had any sleep get on a plane and you know, Jake has been driving this whole time get on a plane we at go 6 over to, in the morning at 6 in the morning yeah. go over to Belgium we do a 3 or 4 hour rehearsal 
Um, you know, Tiago rocks up fresh as a day. <laughs> you know, but that's what you, you kind of need you to be rested. But then yeah. the rest of us doesn't really matter. So we do the whole day rehearsing. We go to a festival. There's like heavy, like Belgium's big on metal. So there's like yeah, heavy rock, heavy metal stuff. We play our, our stuff, which is not as heavy as, as no. rock, but it's still on the heavier side of punk. And then we pack all the stuff up, go to a, the bar that, that actually is called the Mengels, which is where we got our name from originally. Play another, play sort of another two group. or three hour after party. <laughs> they basically, they're so lovely and they're just like, you just keep playing until you don't want to play anymore. And so, you know, my fingers are bleeding, Jake's <laughs> hands are cramping up. And, you know, Tiago can't speak anymore because he's been singing for God knows how many hours. Dagan's broken all of his strings on his guitar. <laughs> and just, there, we get back home at like 1 a.m. and I don't think I've ever had a better sleep on the floor. <laughs> If you can call that a tour, then we did a tour this year, but it was really two gigs in a day. <laughs> it sounds incredible. The the momentum, the uh, exhaustion, but it just, it just sounds very, very rock and roll. Very, very cool. It's the energy you can get from, from a crowd. And that's the thing I think you'd probably mm. agree with this, is that yeah. something we try and do live is you draw a lot of energy from people. And so actually it doesn't really matter how tired you are or how unrehearsed you are or whatever's going on. Once you're on stage and you're playing that song, you, you kind of forget about it. You know, the adrenaline kicks in and then suddenly it's... You're just there, aren't you? If you're just on stage Doing and it's the same as people were. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, that was one of the smaller tours, but you're right, we have toured before in Belgium and that was a couple of years ago. Pre-pandemic, this Pre-pandemic, is. Pre-pandemic, um, yeah. Which was like, the first one was, I think, five days or six days and the second no, one was ten days. Ten days, second, um, yeah. So yeah <laughs> so many gigs that night. So, like next up is like super tiny world tour that'd be cool <laughs> see <laughs> doesn't that have a good ring to it <laughs> definitely because it's it, I, I just i love like how it's how you said earlier like how the the super is capitalized and the tiny is is very very small and it's it's just like a talking point and it's like oh okay so what's this all about yeah, yeah, we quite like that. And, you, know, uh, you know, considering we're talking about the new name change, a part of this reason as well is having two words that sound exactly as you say them and can't be spelt wrong. <laughs> no one's ever going to spell super tiny wrong. Whereas, try telling people how to spell Mengelroos every single gig, <laughs> and it's you know, unless you're in Belgium, it doesn't work. Yeah, and that was that was unfortunately a real that, that was one pretty the much issue. motivating reason. It's not that we didn't like Mengelmoos, but... Poor, poor Tiago being such a character. So, you know, you, you'd never admit this, but when we're on stage, no one ever wants to talk to us. They all want to talk to Tiago afterwards, which is completely understandable. You know, you've done all his vocals and everyone comes up and speaks to him. And then the rest of us just pack down and we can you can basically walk through the crowd and no one really notices you. That's but, not true. Yeah, but then Tiago walks through and everyone's like, oh, you know, I want to talk to him, which is, which is kind of... That's part of your job, in fairness. You know, that's yeah. part of your job in the band as well. And so I think I just felt so bad that every time we gigged, you'd spend about an hour having to take people's phones, type yeah. our name into Instagram, like follow, you know, like say, oh, this is what we are on Spotify and having to do that with everybody as opposed to just being able to put a banner up saying this is what we called. So I think that was that was one of the reasons for yeah. to save you having to repeat yeah. it a million times at a gig. <laughs> <laughs> Like you, you, you say the name so much that you then can't sing because you're like your vocals are just dead. You're like, oh. <laughs> By the way, we're Mengel Moose. By the way, we're Mengel Moose. How do you spell that? What Mengel Moose? Mengel Moose. <laughs> exactly. What is it? We still say Exactly. It was. I think it was fun for the because when we saw, we were literally sitting at four a.m. in Belgium. After oh, getting the name Mengel Moose was 
Oh, and we were just sitting a... there going, why don't we just call ourselves after the bar we just played it? And that was where it came from. Yeah, I, I, I remember when we spoke about Say Something and we um last year we spoke about like mingle moods. It was like how you guys were in like a pub, as you said, and like how yeah. you were like drinking, and then you'd been on this road trip and someone yeah. was drinking, this name came. So yeah. James suggested the Eagles in that three I was hour. So tired. <laughs> you seriously so tired. suggested the Eagles as a serious name. Uh, and then I, I was, yeah, it's been done before. <laughs> in my head, I was thinking, God, why has no one done this? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, since, say something, since the name, well, before the name changed, you guys had, um, you brought out So Divine. Yes, yes, we did, yes. Was, um, that in April? April, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and that was really good. That's kind of a a bit of a foray into kind of what we're doing now, kind of that, funk rock. That would say blues. something was kind of, you know, mm. Purple Lady was one that came out, that was 2020, 1st of January 2020, actually. Yeah. And that was one that came out, and that was the rockiest thing we'd done to date, other than Megalomania, but that was... That's quite that's old. A, that's, a, that's a very old track, but... Yeah. It was that was the birth of the new sound basically, mm. and it was the post lockdown. We'd all really had to think about what we wanted to play, mm. and so that so so divine really goes along with that that kind of thing, and and also the kind of thing we want to project with it as well. Because the interesting thing about that song is that it's not actually written about someone, and obviously us being four males in the band, that naturally you think one of us has written it about a girl, but actually if you listen to the lyrics, it's not. About, about any her. gender it's not it's not gendered it's not specific the point of the song is adoration for some person or yeah some person whoever that may be yeah and if you watch the video you'll see that that's also brought out in that so it's also something else we try and promote which is this kind of like cross genre cross kind of people cross person yeah, yeah. exactly and, and it's trying to be more than more than just a, a very specific stereotype yeah and that's what we try to go for it's something a bit more open-ended something a bit more that's what i like about music though like we're greater than the sum of our parts exactly. as a band it's and it's nice if our part. songs can do that as well that was the wankiest thing i've said all yeah oh god no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's true though like i feel like music should be used to defy borders and just show everyone that we are like a, the, in the same essence and you know every everyone is really the same we're, we are all humans so we should just be treated as that we should we shouldn't be yeah. defined as gender or sexuality or class or age or race or anything like that we should just be our character you know yeah. preach <laughs> that, is, that is really something we've always been about and i think that is very motivated by you Tiago. that kind of you want to like you say you know you want to be something that transcends a few a few boundaries you know yeah so you, you want you want someone the best thing that can ever happen is someone comes up and goes oh, i really like this song because it really speaks to me or, or you know or mm. somebody saying oh i really enjoyed that lyric or i really enjoyed that song for for some personal reason is better than than someone saying oh you know that's a breakup song and i went through a breakup and i really like yeah it. <laughs> oh i feel sad this song is sad there we go <laughs> we listen yeah. to this no, for, for me, in terms of like my frontman persona and things, like you know, um, 
because I've, I've listened to music all of my life and I'm very interested and I've also always been very interested in the whole front man thing and all these famous front men and solo artists and things and if personally if I think of like people that I really idolize like Prince and kind of like you know David Bowie and things they're they're so boundaryless they have like it's hard to define them as humans like you know their sexual orientation or you know how they how they want to people to perceive them or it's but that kind of that kind of thing transcends which is what I'm quite interested in creating Oh, yeah. music and um, this, this thing you always realize about Tiago is I'm always about I feel like I'm always about six months behind so we'll have you? we'll have various arguments about like why we should or shouldn't do something or I say that's not going to fly or you know whatever and then we'll be sitting in the car listening to a song or like listen to an artist and I'll go oh right I get it now I get it <laughs> about like six months later and I'm like oh I see where you got that this line. is the first time I've heard the show let's take this out of him this is like you're both crossing boundaries and like getting closer to each other now like you know exposing the truth <laughs> yeah we are <laughs> real super tiny you know <laughs> <laughs> but like again about transcending and like breaking like borders and boundaries i really like the whole um use of motion and like movement in the so divine video like the dance oh thank you because like i know i mean from what i've seen of your gigs you do a lot of dancing on stage like the dance breaks mm. so like what influenced that and why why did you incorporate it into your music um so i'm based i'm a trained dancer i've been dancing since i was two years old so it's kind of just like what i know it's my form of expression um you know and i'm really interested in I'm also my my job. That's so weird. We've graduated. Got I've got a job. We've graduated university, but I'm a so I'm a, I'm a musical theatre actor. Um, and I really like kind of the symbiosis of acting, um, dancing and singing. Um, and I think it's a really powerful to again to transcend. You know, again, name all the great artists like Prince, Michael Jackson, Bruno Mars. They all do it within their shows. There's theatre within their shows. Obviously, there's the singing, but there's also the dancing, but there's also acting as well. If you think of like Prince or James Brown and things and his flipping oh, yeah. funk breaks, there's like a flipping towel coming on him. He's like, I can't do it. I can't. It's all fake. It's all theatre. But, you know, he's got his sweat towel, hasn't he? Yeah. Silver towel. It's like, oh, I can't do it. And the audience are going crazy, you know. Um, we found that that's, that's also a part of when we play gigs and we, we've done a competition, which was the Robert yeah, from the East did, competition. Yeah. And in, in kind of my opinion of what what kind of snagged that for us was the, the 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 interaction of that dancing and things and it's and it's interesting because I'm a you know I'm a jazz pianist so when you solo you're kind of with your mm. you know with your instrument and you're and you're thinking up all these solos and that's how you're expressing yourself and the interesting thing about having a dancer on stage is you have basically another instrument to do yeah which is your your dance as well so being able to improvise a dance it's not something I can ever do because you know anyone that's ever seen me dance knows that I can't. <laughs> and so you know I can never even think of that. Whereas when you get to go up on stage and we can just say in a rehearsal, put your bass down, dance break, and we don't have to choreograph it. We don't have to think what we're going to do. You just do it. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of thing, and that takes all that those you know years of of learning how to do it and kind of using your body as, as these kind of and I'm not there yet either I've got a lot still to learn so um, don't we all you know? we do but um <laughs> but I think that that's something that I've noticed has really propelled us yeah quite a lot quicker than 
it would have done if we if we didn't have that you know and i think for me again going back to the homages of funk like it's all as i said james brown and like you know prince and if you think of like sly and the family stone things like oh, yeah. they all just like get up and groove you know and i think it's quite <laughs> nice to just do that and just kind of promote that because if you're doing it on stage the audience are gonna go oh yeah that's all right that's why i wear bloody superhero socks because <laughs> that that was a thing for a little while because you guys were like why are you wearing superhero socks and i was like if i can go on there looking ridiculous and people are still taking me semi-seriously the audience are gonna go you know we can just like relax here and just have a bit of fun do you know what i mean like it's not it's not that serious so yeah, yeah. We, I think we found that is just trying to be someone that people can, you know, you can move, you can, yeah. And usually we do recommend that in the break between bands, you know, have have a drink because <laughs> it always helps. But, you know, it's like you going into stage because we've got these wireless um, jack plug things that, you know, so Tiago doesn't have to be constrained by a, a, a jack lead. Yes. And that's always quite useful going into the band or standing on a table or yeah. you know, whatever. Going into the audience. And there is a really noticeable moment that once you do that or once you laugh for the first time on stage, everyone kind of goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the person next to me that I'm enjoying this for a reason. Yeah. You just kind of be like, and if someone says, oh, that's a bit weird, you go, oh, he's doing it. So mm-hmm. why should I Why should I have a problem with that? It's always it's fun to see as well when you're on stage. So I'm enjoying it as much as the audience. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Okay, we're doing that now. Oh, great, fantastic. You can get your groove on. And I feel like when, as you said, like when you're dancing, when you're just like vibing on stage and not really thinking about any restraints or any social restraints, the the, the crowd become fluid. They're like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Why, why would I just be rigid and like, yeah, like I'll tap my head. Like, no, like move properly, like feel it. Yeah, why not? Yeah. That's, and that's the thing about, I think that's probably why we chose funk. Yeah, to be honest, because we were saying you were saying about the art centre. There's a venue in Norwich, and it's like there's a lot of tables in one of the rooms. Mm. And you, when you do a seated gig, it's a very strange experience because you, I remember Tiago saying to me after a gig because I was a bit like, oh, I don't know if anyone enjoyed that. And you're like, well, you know how you can be sitting there, and in your head, you're thinking, wow, my God, there's all this stuff going on. You think this is amazing, but on the outside, you just go. <laughs> <laughs> And so when you're looking at that on stage, yeah, you're it's going... very hard to draw any energy from it. Because someone might be having the best time of their life, but they're just looking at you like that. It's like when you're watching a movie, isn't it? STI, if yeah. you actually filmed your face while watching a movie, no matter how good you think it is, your face is probably just like that for the majority of the time. Yeah. Same thing. You're not getting up going, oh, yeah. yeah. No, I don't watch the short show redemption. Oh, go on, go on, yeah. That's standing <laughs> ovation. So it's, yeah, and that, that's quite, a, it's an interesting thing, right? being on stage and watching people mm. and that's why it's quite it's really great to have you there as well especially when you go in the crowd because i'm like oh i know that guy <laughs> <laughs> you're like where's, Thiago, where's Thiago gone oh he's in the crowd, in the crowd. there he is no um, idea that's what's happened <laughs> he's like oh we've lost him we've lost our front man what do we do <laughs> just vibe in the crowd no i think that's great because then like you're like part of the crowd and the crowd feels like they kind of look up to you and they're like oh i could be any of these people i could I could have their talent. I, you know, we're all the same. It's, it's all the same. <laughs> 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 no, but like it is. You, I mean, I still remember. Like, I really, really loved the song that you have. Like, listen. Like, I added that to my playlist straight away. I'm purple lady. Like, I just they're both very, very good. Really like them. And say something. I think the the video for that was just so colourful. And beautiful like mm. it's very striking and like still sits in my mind 
That was a bit of a hometown homage. That though. was, yeah. Because, you know, we felt like we owed Norwich a good video. Let's so <laughs> yeah. show the best of Norwich. And I think one of the first shots of Norwich is Grosvenor's Fish Bar. So, it yeah. is, yeah. It's a great fish, fish and, and chips. chips. <laughs> so if you're ever in Norwich, thanks fish and chips, go there. I mean, well, I'm originally from, well, I'm originally from North Wales, but then, like, moved down to Suffolk. So we're kind of neighbours. I mean, not not I'm anymore, sure. but a you few years ago. Sorry? You're in Suffolk. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. amazing. Snake Moulding's concert hall. Oh, yes. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, Snake oh, God, that brings it all back. I used to, <laughs> I used to go, I played a couple of concerts there, but I used to study there as well with um, a thing called Oldbury Young Musicians, which was a junior conservator. I used to go there and um, study a lot in Oldbury. It's an absolutely gorgeous place. All the reeds around as well. It's very good for wistful folk music as well. <laughs> you find yourself wanting to play a ukulele and sing about the world, you know. You both speak like you've swallowed poetry and it's lovely. <laughs> no, we're just tossers. Yeah. <laughs> but like speaking of like performing, am I right in thinking you've got a gig coming up on the 6th of November? We do, we do. We're going to announce it tomorrow. Um, oh. <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, yes. That's good inside media knowledge. Inside media yeah. knowledge there, yeah. Yes, in um, that's in Brighton at Brighton Electric. Um and we're supporting Matilda Bond, who's quite a big artist in Brighton, and she does all neo soul things, so we're really excited for that. Um, and then we've also got, um, so it's Matilda Bond and then us, super tiny, FK Megaries. And then um, the first support is Big Enough Umbrella, which is Jake, our drummer's, it's his like jazz fusion kind of trio project, isn't it? So It's his real, it's his real music thing. Yeah. Hey, so how is that going to work? Is he going to perform with you guys and do like a quick change, like a theatre thing, then be back on stage? One or? thing to know about Jacob Brown is that he never wears a costume on stage. <laughs> he is too cool for that. He'll wear the same outfit. I think he'll wear the same outfit every day. I think he would if he could, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't think that's <laughs> But the, thing, the, the interesting thing about Jake is that he is such an extraordinary drummer that actually we found that he doesn't need anything else. Like, you know, dressing him up is sort of inconsequential yeah. compared to what he actually plays. And obviously you're behind a drum. Because he's a minger, so he's, you can't make him look good anyway. <laughs> and so, yeah, he's just, he, he, yeah, what you see is is him playing rather than what he's wearing. So, yeah. Anyway, that wasn't the point. Yes, he's going to be doing with his uh, <laughs> with his trip. <laughs> really yeah, that's, that's really cool. And then, I mean, I feel like I really glossed over the fact that he's going to be going to Brazil to like work with Sting's guitarist. Like what? Yeah, he doesn't. It, we probably glossed over it because he glosses over it. He keeps things very just like he's like, oh yeah, like humble. He's like, oh, just just a casual weekend trip, you know, going yeah. to. Learn. I found this with the whole band. I'm because I'm 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 the only one that doesn't train as a musician. So That's I'm, such a lie. No, as in like I'm the only one that doesn't that didn't study music at university and I kind of at university. And yeah. you know, everyone's really, you know, Tagan is an extraordinary producer and so he's you know, he's got the most amazing ears of anyone you'll ever hear. Uh, you'll ever meet, sorry. Um, <laughs> you'll probably hear him as well. And um, he does all the production so like oh. behind the scenes, he's you know the tracks you hear basically come from his brain and so he's you know he's done that jake's got all this amazing performance prowess tiago's although you also gloss over as well tiago's you know pretty getting to be a big deal on the west end that's that's and i'm i'm in an office nine to five you know (laughs) so i'm 
I'm doing all these sort of writing all these business pitches and things and doing all the finance and the boring stuff and then back of the band. I found myself writing bios for each of the members of the band. And I'm thinking I'm collecting all this information and stuff like that. I realize what I'm writing is some serious stuff. You know, like you're saying about Jake going to Brazil, and I'm just like writing like, yeah, so Sting's guitarist reckons he's like a once in a generation drummer. I read that back and I'm like, God, I wonder how long he's going to stay with our band. Someone's going to pay him a bit more money at some point. <laughs> I don't think Sting's guitarist does actually think he's a once in a generation drummer. I think that's what James just wrote. No, no, he does. Did he actually say that? actually a quote. He's, he's, Oh, that's incredible. incredible. It's rare to find drums in the UK that can groove like that. Wow. You know, I mean, I love the subtle diss to the UK there, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> in the UK. Uh, elsewhere, there's loads of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah, no, so that's quite, that's quite good. But I think that's, that's the interesting thing. We were saying there's a lot, you know, if you tried to get a depth in in the band, it would be very, very hard to find somebody that would fit that exact sound mm. of doing, like, trying to teach someone Actually, in fairness, we have had a bassist that that was was raised the basis for Jake's band, Big Enough Umbrella, and, mm. and he he did a really good job of it. But we just realised that trying to explain how to play some of these songs to people, not because they're genre defining, amazingly good songs, it's just we have a really specific Feel way of playing our, yeah. each of our instruments. That's very distinctive. Like... And they're like, "Why would you do that?" And you're like, "Just." Just do it. Do it. Yeah. Just do it. See how it feels. It, it's more of a feeling than a than a sound. It's how it makes you feel. Uh, if you could make a sound, like make a noise that defined um, who you are now is super tiny. What would that noise be? If you got the ah! <laughs> <laughs> giant scream. Yeah. Um, noise. I think you're better. Probably better. Oh God. Am I? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all you get. There you go. Oh yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> It was lovely oh, to yeah. speak to you, James and Diego. Thank you very, very much. Oh, and thank you so much. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. You've been an absolute dream. Oh, no, it's been lovely. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Have a nice evening. You too. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Evolve Music with Super Tiny, formerly known as Mengle Moose. If you'd like to listen to the next podcast, please subscribe and follow my Instagram for updates as to when I'll be bringing out these wonderful interviews. It's at evolve-music-blog. Under dash under dash